Welcome to Kim Reads and Talks. Now you will hear Kim read a chapter from the book Beyond the Echo Cavern, written by Brianna Teschendorf. Enjoy. Chapter 7, Face Off. The children fell into a heavy silence. The darkness all around them was starting to hurt their eyes. It felt like they had been straining to see clearly for years. Really, it had only been a couple of hours, but if you have ever spent a little while in darkness, then you must also know how quickly your eyes start to tell you that they really want the light again, just like when a hungry tummy tells you it wants food again. None of the three had any idea what they ought to do. In the last few hours, they had gone through so many emotions, fear, surprise, shock, anger, and happiness, that they barely knew what they felt anymore, except they knew they felt confused and hungry. I just feel like I want to sit down for a while, Annika said, almost in a moan, and she sank to the ground. She felt that even if someone were to jump out, she wouldn't have the energy to run away. Okay, said Charlie in a voice of surrender. Let's just sit down. We can sit down and think about our two options. Gabe had already sat down when Annika did, and he asked simply, Can I put my head on your lap, Buspani? As he did it, she put her hand on his shoulder to confirm that it was all right. I think I will lie back too, she said after a few minutes. Charlie did the same without comment. And in a few minutes, all three children were sleeping the deep sleep of weary wanderers. They felt like they slept for a very long time and they had strange dreams, but really it must have been only 15 minutes or so. Charlie woke up first, but he didn't move or say anything. He was a person who needed a few minutes to adjust to being awake, so he laid there quietly, still considering what they should do to get out of that cave. He was just about to ask if the others were awake and tell them that he was convinced they should get into the stream and swim their way out when he felt something on his leg that made him freeze. It felt like something being dragged or rolled over his ankles, and with a rising dread, he realized that it was a snake slithering. He decided to lay perfectly still, but his mind went straight to his pocket knife. He wondered if he could get it out with minimal movement. Annika woke up next. She was groggy, and it took a little while until thoughts came back into her mind. She could feel Gabe's head on her legs, and she could feel him breathing deeply. So she decided just to keep lying there so he could sleep longer. She had no idea that danger was so nearby. Gabe woke up, a, woke up a moment later when he felt something cold touching his hand. He realized to his horror that the cold thing on his hand was a snake. Just like Charlie, he's, he decided to stay very, very still and hope the snake would just go away. Gabe heard Charlie draw in his breath suddenly and quickly, so he was sure that he had also become aware of the snake's presence. His mind raced, 
wondering if this was the same snake from outside. He hoped that it was not. His eyes were wide open, straining against the darkness, wishing he could see clearly. Annika was unaware of the snake. She might have started to talk, except that Gabe reached up and firmly put a finger over her lips to silence her. It was lucky that Gabe was lying on Annika's stomach so he could reach her, reach her lips easily without moving much. She might still have made a loud outburst, but at the same moment the snake hissed, just like it had hissed outside. A low, horrible, growling hiss. Annika held her breath and understood why Gabe had silenced her. Her heart was pounding so hard that she could almost imagine it echoing off the cave walls. The children all wished they had not lied down and slept. It took every ounce of strength within Charlie to hold still and be quiet, but he knew he would rather play dead than face the snake. He, too, was wondering if it was the same snake or a different one. Then the snake spoke again. What will we do with them? What will we do? The snake's voice was horrible. But even worse, the snake was talking to someone else. With sickening dread, it dawned on the children that there were two snakes. For the first time, Charlie doubted his pocket knife. What? Why did you bring them here? Asked a second voice confirming the children's awful fears. It was a voice that could be deemed both authoritative and downright evil. Even worse, it was right above Annika's head. The children were immediately convinced that the first voice belonged to the snake they had seen in the woods, and the second voice belonged to someone or something even worse. Just then, each child was grateful for the darkness. None of them wanted to see who the second voice belonged to. I didn't know that they would be able to see me. I didn't know that the cave would be open, growl hissed the first snake voice in an almost threatening way. I tried to stop them. I told them death was certain if they entered the cave. I did not think they would try it. Disgusting. Disgusting children. This last part was spit from her snake mouth with venomous sounding anger. As the snake spoke, it continued to slither over Charlie's legs. The second voice spoke above Anakin, Annika again. Well, you promised them death. Death they shall get. It is a good thing they are sleeping, sister, breathed the snake or they might scream and then they, we, they might get them, it concluded. All three children thought the same thing at the same time. They? Who were they? There might be more enemies in the cave was very alarming. By this time, the snake was so close that Annika could feel her breath on her cheek. Annika couldn't move. She could barely breathe. She waited to feel teeth clamping onto her neck. Then suddenly she felt the creature jerk away from her. We cannot kill these children, she moaned in an ear-splitting tone. I smell royal blood on two of them. You 
fool, you fool. How could you lead them here? He must want them here for some reason. Stop, sister, hissed the first snake. This one is different. There is no royal blood in him. He may be chosen, but he is not royal. Charlie knew at once that he was the one the snake was speaking of because Gabe and Annika were brother and sister. He was surprised that the snake called them royal, but he had more important things to worry about at that moment, like surviving. His fingers quivered. Again, something inside of him seemed to whisper, be bold, Charlie, be brave. He knew that he would fight to the death. How could this be happening, he wondered. It was all so crazy. Ah, well then, I am hungry. Let's finish him before he wakes up, sighed the second creature in a tone of sickening satisfaction. Annika was in the worst position of all, with the more horrible sounding of the two things slithering over her face. The first snake was still touching Gabe's hand. It was ice cold like metal, and its scales felt hard and hazardous. The other was now on his shoulder. There wasn't a second's hesitation within either of the siblings about saving Charlie. They both knew they would do anything to stop him from being eaten. Annika then remembered that she had the flashlight still in her hand. She also thought that she could simply grab the snake slithering over her and pull it back. She had never seen a very big snake before, and she didn't pay very much attention on class field trips to the zoo so that she was not aware that snakes can get very, very big and are pure muscle. She simply knew that the snakes had said they could kill her and Gabe, even if she didn't understand why, and that had given her the courage she needed. In an instant, she had switched the flashlight on, which very much startled everyone. Charlie screamed, but kept his wits about him, and he was on his feet with his knife in his hand, but not opened in an instant. Gabe turned towards his sister and gasped, Annika, what? Gabe would have gone for a more sneaking approach. Grab him, she shrieked to his fright. Both snakes had been distracted from Charlie and jerked their heads toward the light. It was a good thing that Gabe and Annika were looking at each other and not at the snakes. Otherwise, they might have lost their nerve. The second snake was indeed more awful than the first. For one thing, it was much bigger. Worse still than its size was its hands. Underneath its horrible head were four small green hands on short arms. They were similar to a human child's hands, but with very long, thin fingers and sharp nails. The fingers only had one joint instead of two, so they were not good for picking things up but they were good for clawing. The snakes had pulsing ruby eyes that looked like human eyes with black pupils in the middle. The red within the eye was blazing like flames and the black part was moving like smoke. When they thought about it later, it struck the children as odd that they hadn't noticed this about the snake outside the cave. Maybe the snake had looked different. Both the snakes bared their long inch thick or inch-thick orange fangs, and you could almost imagine the venom dripping from them. 
They were a truly horrifying sight. A very, very brave man would have cowered at less. Thus, why I have said it was very providential that Gabe and Annika did not see this. They were looking at each other, communicating as only brother and sister can. With just one look, they agreed that they would help Charlie. They agreed that although it was unpleasant, they were both going to try to pull those snakes away from Charlie. Now, it was the snake's turn to be startled. Gabe and Annika each grabbed one snake. It was easier for Gabe than for Annika as the snake was slithering over his hand. He only had to shove the other one off his shoulder, reach over to grab with the other hand and swing. Annika had a harder task. The snake with the claws was slithering right over her neck, so she had to wrap her arms around the snake, jump up and throw it. Both children were shocked at how heavy and sturdy the snakes were. If the snakes had not been caught off guard, they may have found it impossible to move them. As it was, they were able to give the snakes a good jerk away from Charlie before the snakes recovered and strained against them. Charlie, in the meantime, had the presence of mind to jump back and open his knife to the biggest blade, of course. For the first time, that biggest blade on his pocket knife appeared small to him. The flashlight was laying on the ground beside Annika, lighting up the snake's torsos and making their heads look like huge dark shadows. The snakes began to make a horrible sound that filled up the cavern they were in, echoing off the walls in sickening repetition. It took the children a few seconds to recognize the sound was laughter. A more horrible seconds followed, in which they all remained frozen, and the two snakes fixed their horrible eyes back on Charlie with his knife. Clawed creature spoke. As if you weak little things could keep us from our lunch. You shouldn't have turned the light on, dear, if you didn't want to watch us devour your friend. We won't just swallow him whole in a flash, like many of your stupid earth snakes do, said the first snake in a voice that sounded like a giggle. We will use our fangs to tear off his arms and legs. It will be a wonderful, bloody mess. The snakes broke out in even louder, more horrible laughter than before. Gabe could not suppress a giant sob from rising out of him. Annika let out a low, no, that sounded more like a moan. Both children were so afraid of the snakes that they were paralyzed and couldn't even turn their brains on to think how to fight anymore. The snakes began to move forward towards Charlie in a sickingly slow way. They had total confidence in themselves. Get rocks, Charlie commanded Gabe and Annika. Don't just stand there. Get rocks. Hit them on their heads. His voice was in a high-pitched frenzy. He was standing his ground, poised, with knife still in hand, his eyes flashing wildly. Annika had never seen him look so strong. She had seen him being teased and bullied at school. Usually, he just took it with his head hanging and would slink away. He never answered back or stood up for himself, even if he was being shoved. 
She was amazed at his resolve now. She thought if those snakes were facing her down, she would just go quietly to death, trying to sing a song on the inside. With all of this in her mind, Annika just stood there frozen. But Gabe was already looking around for a rock. He found one about the size of his fist, picked it up and lunged it at the head of one of the snakes. It missed. The snake with the claws lunged towards him. That was stupid boy, it shrieked as it began to crawl towards him, using its hands on the ground like feet to gain speed. I may not be able to kill you, but I can hurt you and make sure that it hurts for the rest of your life. Gabe cried out, Annika! She dashed backwards, picked up a rock the size of her head and lobbed it underhand at the snake's head. She succeeded in knocking the snake away from Gabe. It protested loudly in agony and lied there dazed and hissing. The other snake, however, did not even flinch in the direction of her fallen sister. Her eyes had been fixed on Charlie the whole time, and his eyes were fixed on her. The hair, the back of his neck stood up, and he could no longer yell or say or say a thing. His throat was tense, and it ached. The snake lunged toward him. No! Annika bawled and raced towards the two of them, surprised to find herself willing to snap, step between the snake and Charlie. It was exactly then that the door in the wall opened. Thank you for listening to Kim read a chapter from the book Beyond the Echo Cavern by Brianna Teschendorf. Beyond the Echo Cavern is available in print and digital form on the website diversebreakthrough.com. That is diversebreakthrough.com. If you want to show your appreciation, subscribe to the podcast and leave a review so more people can discover Kim Reads and Talks. Thank you and come back tomorrow for yet another chapter.